Hi, this is Kate Winchester, creator of the Real Abs Framework for Coaching, and this is my podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Something that I'm passionate about in terms of communication is the effective use of talk and speech. And as parents and as teachers and as trainers and even as friends, we have a tendency to talk way too much and do a lot of damage when we're trying to teach or when we're trying to communicate or when we're trying to train by dominating our session with language. I'll give you a couple of examples that always make me smile. And there's a lot going on behaviorally, so I'm trying to process the best way to tackle this. The example that sticks out for me is parents calling their children or people calling their dogs and repeating the the name over and over again with a command. So you might have, for example, Sophie, come here. Come here now. Sophie, come. Sophie, 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 come here now. And <laughs> it's, my, it's one of my pet hates, uh, mainly because I can see what is, I can predict what's going to happen. The child or the dog is simply not going to come. And it's certainly not going to come in the time frame that that particular person wants. And as I said before, there's quite a lot going on. There are two key things going on. One is you are inadvertently training your child, let's, let's stick with the child example, to ignore their name. And you're actually training them to come only when you've reached the end of your tether, when you start throwing in final ultimatums, final demands, sorry, or ultimatums. The other thing is you are actually conditioning them to associate their name with potentially a negative outcome. So the recommendation that, that I put forward is that you use their name once you ask for them to come and you do this for a maximum of three times and then you quit and you start again. So at some point you have to consider that when they do come, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're then telling them off, reprimanding them for finally coming to you. And we'll often see this, we'll see very emotive responses. Oh, so you've finally decided to come. Unfortunately, if they come within the three tries, you need to up the, the response from you in a very positive way because you do not want to counter the very behavior that you're encouraging. And this is frequently really hard for us as adults to do. So, for example, I've seen people calling 
their children and then when the child finally does come to them they give them a 20-minute lecture on coming straight away. Now the likelihood is that child is learning that it's actually not worthwhile coming and they're better off extending their fun time and just dealing with the aftermath eventually because they're going to have to deal with it anyway. Does that make sense? So an example of training or teaching them to come promptly when their name is called is to randomly throw out exciting stuff here and there. Don't become too predictable. Every now and again, you call their name, they get a hug, they get a I love you, they get a treat, they get a surprise. And what you're doing is you're varying the outcome, but you're encouraging a quick response. If you're even more clever, you can occasionally vary the outcome based on how quickly they respond. So if they respond super quickly, they get more bang for their buck than if they come a little bit slower. They still get a good outcome, but it's not the gold star outcome. And again, I would highly recommend being variable here uh, don't always give something, but what you want to do is you want to keep them guessing so they never quite know what the outcome is. Is it going to be something that they have to do or is it just going to be mum or dad checking in, giving them a hug and then back to business? Another area that we talk way too much is when we're giving instructions and when we're actually training or teaching, we tend to go on and on about something and we don't allow for a pause or we don't allow for our learners to come up with an idea or to think things through or to actually have the opportunity to make a choice or make a decision. Now this can vary with this can vary with children, this can vary with adults. However, what I've noticed is again we have a tendency to dislike silence. And I've learned a lot recently about using this in my own coaching work with clients is to actually be comfortable with a pause, with some silence and allow your client or your employee or the person that you're training to process what you've said, ask a question, give it a go, or maybe even give some feedback on how the training is going. So jumping in, filling the gaps, filling that pause can often be counterproductive to um, a successful teaching session. It's quite a traditional model of teaching, of course, standing up the front, um, you know, the expert imparting the knowledge. And I mean, who doesn't like the sound of their own voice? <laughs> I've had some great sessions where I've actually had to say to myself, hmm, I'm on a roll here. 
but I want engagement. I want active engagement from the people I'm talking to. Therefore, I need to give them the opportunity to contribute, to give their examples, to comment on what I've been talking about. And the most successful training sessions or coaching sessions are when there is more input from the client or from the audience than the presenter. We've tried labeling to change that by calling people facilitators. You know, I'm going to facilitate this session. Um, I still think there's a strong need to be a trainer to model what you want, to give examples and to give feedback. However, I still think there is also a need to have longer pauses and more opportunity for the people you're working with to fill in some of those gaps and to show that they are in fact taking things up, that they haven't got questions and they're not feeling rushed or pressured through the process. So yeah, we, we tend to talk too much. We tend to speak too quickly. We tend to use too many words. When fewer, less emotive language is far more effective. I remember working with some equestrians and talking to them about white noise and how our voice can become very much just a part of the environment for, for horses. And this is exactly the same. And you see it, you see it in schools, in classrooms, you see it in um, interactions between um, parents and their children. Their adult's voice has become annoying, um, white noise that the children actually block out because there is no value for them in listening. It only ever means potentially a negative outcome or it's just not important. So if we can be a bit more conscious about that, I think you'll notice some interesting outcomes. I was particularly interested in that in terms of teaching, that you strip back to the essentials and you pile on the language and the emotion when you celebrate the success. There is your opportunity to overload. I was listening to a fantastic recording this morning where the motivational speaker was talking about our tendency to talk lots about negative things and talk sparingly about anything that's going good. And his, his brilliant example was asking someone how things are going and people will just go fine, good, not too bad. But when things are going badly, they're on a roll. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. I've had the most awful day. It started off when, then this happened, then that happened. And as a behavior analyst, I would turn that on its head 
you want to focus on as much of the good stuff as possible. Embellish that. Bring that up. Go on about it. Limit your talk when you're discussing undesirable behavior or dealing with unwanted issues. Strip it right back to the basics. And this is particularly important when you're giving feedback or when you're discussing issues with employees and with children. You don't want to give them a 20-minute lecture on the issue. You want to highlight it, get it done and dusted, and move on. So from the point of view of effective use of language, potentially consider these points. Use it sparingly, use it effectively. Too much chatter can drown out the message. You want people to listen when you're talking. You want people to take note when you're talking. You want to be effective when you communicate any ideas, any teaching, any training. Think about what you're going to say in advance if you're in a particularly formal training situation. If it's day to day, just be aware of how much of what you say is important in that situation. Are you layering emotion into something that simply needs to be done? Cut to the chase, for example. Don't do that. We're outside now. We need to get home. Rather than, I've told you a thousand times, don't do that. You're always doing that. You wind me up, you blah, 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 on and on and on. <laughs> when you're using the name of your child or the name of your employee, use it sparingly, use it effectively, mix it up. Don't always link it with a request or a demand or a negative outcome. Use it as a check-in. Use it to say hello. So I hope you found some useful hints and tips there in terms of talking too much. I've got a blog on my website that also talks in more depth about the use of language and the use of, uh, of limiting what you say with children. Uh, I've also got an interesting blog on there about communicating effectively online and I will be looking at doing a podcast on effective communication online as it's becoming an increasing um, issue to some degree in social media and even in just day-to-day -day interactions where we are finding it difficult to communicate our needs and our opinions and our thoughts without getting quite emotional about it, without coming across as assertive and aggressive and potentially um, sounding quite threatening and bullyish. And I think this is something that we need to be aware of when we're trying to communicate 
effectively. There is no need for that. We can still speak our truth, speak our mind, share our opinions. We don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to be assertive. And we don't have to come across as um, a bully type person. So check in uh, on my website, www.katewinchester.co.nz. Have a look at my blogs. Have a look at my other free podcasts. Have a listen. And I look forward to catching up with you at my next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you.